Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why is it that the single most used piece of equipment is so underthought that as long as it's cheap, I'll buy it? And that's the golf ball. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 110th episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam, over at golfunfiltered.com. You can send me an email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, at golfunfiltered. Uh, flipping the tables on one of uh, the individuals who interviewed me as a guest on their show today, uh, Mr. Josh Babbitt from THP Media. Josh, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm sitting in a hotel room and rainy southern california right now and from what i understand you've got quite the setup to make yourself sound so good today in that well, hotel room adam was kind enough to uh have me on the show here and so to get that working i have my laptop with a dongle connected to it connected to that is a portable re- audio recorder connected to that is another cable and connected to that is a microphone that sounds impressive. It's regular MacGyver over here, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. <laughs> so uh, before we get any further, Josh, I know we could probably talk about a ton of things, but you know, for the listeners to this show uh, who are not involved uh, and who do not listen to this show from the THP Radio Network, which obviously this show is now a part of, uh, why don't you let us know a little bit about your background and how you got involved in uh, the golf game? Sure. First of all, we're glad to have you as part of uh, the THP Radio Network. It's, uh, it's a big deal and an honor for us. Well, thank you. Um, going back uh, nearly 10 years now, I was not involved in the world of golf. I was, prior to that, I owned a different business and I sold that and I had taken some time off and I was going on year two. And my now wife was losing her mind with me doing nothing but playing golf. <laughs> and I decided to get her into the game. And I started researching ladies' clubs online. And at the time, that didn't exist. And I came across a message board, and I was a little weirded out by it. Like, I had never been on a forum before, and it reminded me a little bit of the old Prodigy days. I know I'm dating myself here. (laughs) But I I started looking around, and I'm like, man, this is pretty neat. It's a lot of like-minded guys who play golf, and they're talking about golf. And I've always been a golf equipment guy, going back to my first set of serious clubs, the Tommy Armour 845s. Nice. But I looked around, and there weren't very many good golf forums. And that's not a knock on who's doing it today because some people do it really, really well. But everything was either diehard tour or diehard this. And I wanted more of a lifestyle where people talked about the game, not just the equipment and the travel and the apparel because I've always been a golf shoe guy too, which is a little weird. But uh, So I said, you know what? I can do this myself. And I couldn't because I'm not that savvy. So with the help of some good friends, uh, we got this thing up and running, and here we are nearing 10 years later. 
it's an awesome website and listeners you know the website is the hackersparadise.com and you know josh you you do a ton of things on this website i mean i've been obviously aware of you guys for a long time because you're one of the most uh engaging group of folks on in social media as well as in the the web space but why don't you tell us a little bit about what the hackers paradise is because you got a lot of sections on here well that's a convoluted question and a loaded one um it is a golf web media company, I guess is the best thing to say, because if I say golf website, I leave out the work that some of our guys do in audio and in video and in events and things like that. We are a golf media company that covers the parts of the game we love, golf, golf equipment, some golf on tour, and everything in between. So there's a website with news every day, reviews every day. There is a online forum that is just over 5 million posts, so a lot of people talking every day. We have our podcast network, which we are honored to have Golf Unfiltered be one of our highest listened to shows. It kind of hurts me a little bit that it's more listened to than mine. Uh, and we have our THP, what we call THP TV, which is our video channel. You can find it on YouTube or our mobile app. And that is videos every day. And the videos are very different than what most people think of. It's not golf instruction or tour golf. It is connecting golfers with the golf equipment industry like they haven't been seen before and all shot in 4K. So it's behind the scenes with R&D guys, marketing guys, having some fun and everything else you could possibly imagine. I think that sums it up. I would say that's done pretty well. And, you know, there's just a ton of great content on the site. And again, listeners, it's the hackersparadise.com, but you already know about it because it's a great and popular uh, website as well as the media elements that Josh just explained. But Josh, you know, you mentioned the forum and you've got a ton of chatter that goes on in the forum. I'm a member of it. I just love the, uh, the, the topics that are being talked about, but it's not a, a commonly used format in this space, especially within golf. Now, you had mentioned that there are some other sites that also do forums. We do not do one at Golf Unfiltered. Uh, I am also I am also not very savvy in that regard. But what really drew you to including a forum in your uh, media space here? Uh, this is the first time somebody's ever asked me that, actually, and that's a really good question because there's a, there's a specific answer. I had been visiting golf review sites, and there's some talented writers out there, uh, both traditional media and non-traditional in the blog format. And I noticed that either people aren't opinionated or they weren't getting a lot of traffic, or at least that was the perception to me. Because they write this wonderful review and then they'd have no comments. Mm-hmm. So to validate my, and I shouldn't say myself because it wasn't really me, but to validate thehackersparadise.com, I wanted to show that there was traffic by actually visual using the golf term of visual technology to show it visually and to show that we do have people paying attention. And that was the reason it started out as just a website. And I added the forum probably a month into it. You know, that's really interesting. And I, that's a great answer. And I hadn't considered that, but it makes a lot of sense because if you see a lot of just regular golfers, as, as most of the people on that forum, I imagine are, um, talking about a particular piece of equipment that somebody else within the forum, and now correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you also have forum members that go out and review the equipment and then post on the forum about it. Is that right? Correct. And, and we have we have a, a staff of writers as well. And 
they're far more talented at writing than I am. <laughs> well, and they're all, I mean, you do a ton of equipment reviews and listeners to this show and readers of my site know that we do a lot of reviews as well, but I'm a one man show and it's great to see what you guys do over there because you get all of that immediate feedback. You get it from the forum threads that are started on all of the equipment that's coming up and it's up there really quick and people are giving just real honest answers and opinions on these particular pieces of equipment. Uh, do you feel that those are the most popular threads in the forum or are there others that in addition to the equipment reviews kind of rise to the top? That's a two answer question. Uh, equipment is the most talked about thing. Anything that is polarizing is talked about. You know, if you put Tiger Woods in, in a title, you put cast versus forged in a title, you put anything like that, it's going to be very popular because people like to argue. But I'm going to go a step further. And one of the things we do on our site, and I'm not doing this as an advertisement in any way, is we have events. Mm. And I'm going to give my wife credit for this one because what we found is the Internet's a pretty scary place. And uh, to quote our, our ex-editor who left the golf space, a brilliant guy named Ryan Hawk, another Illinois guy, he said, there's no quiz to get on the Internet. And... <laughs> Because of that, you can take that for what it means, <laughs> but because of that, people tend to have a, a big voice on the internet, and they like to argue. But if you create something that is truly special and something that everybody really wants to do, it's hard. It's harder to be a jerk to somebody that you, you're going to want to meet in a little bit and play in this golf event. And my wife came up with this idea, and we, we have a tour van, and we travel around with the equipment, put it in their hands, and have some pretty special events where people get to sign up and take equipment with them and get a full new bag and things like that. And it, it's changed a vibe on our community. That's a little bit more laid back because I know some of the message boards can get pretty fierce at times. Yeah, they definitely can. Believe me, I've been members of a few and I've been uh, booted off a few. I am not uh, afraid to admit. In the past. <laughs> so, um, you know, Josh, something that's really interesting that, you know, you guys do really well and we try to do well over here is just give that honest opinion of equipment. And, you know, obviously you've listened to this show and you know we talk about equipment reviews quite a bit and the technology that goes into new golf clubs. But one of the things that, you know, I'm always wondering from other people in this space is, you know, how do you network with those individuals that, you know, want to spread the word about their new equipment? Because maybe, maybe not to go so far as how you actually, you know, speak to these people and obtain that equipment but really i know it and you know it a lot of the pr people speak pretty similarly you know everyone thinks they've got the the best new thing that comes out mm -hmm. a lot of the equipment performs uh based on my testing as well as some other sites pretty similarly to one another but how do you kind of work with all of these things as the technology gaps from one brand to the next are narrowing uh, I can answer that in two ways, again. Uh, the first is, you know, you hear all the time about uh, these nasty and scam artist PR people from certain media outlets that if you don't give them a positive review, you're, not, you're, you're on the take, this and that. I can honestly say in 10 years, I've never had a, a, a PR person, marketing person, or anybody else tell me to write something, tell us to write something, ask to change anything, nothing. It's never come up positive, negative, or anything in between. I've had so, one experience in that way, but that's good that you have. Yeah, I mean, it's never come up. We believe in reviewing things a little differently in that I don't believe that 
too many companies are making bad products nowadays. So let's review that equipment on their own merits. Let's discuss the technology that they're putting into it that they claim that it does. Let's discuss the, the club head, shaft, grip, or anything else as a whole. And let's explain how it works for us based on that. And by doing it that way and using science and honesty, we've never had a problem. And we, we think I think our reviews are probably the longest. So if people like to read long form, they're going to get that there. But they're also going to be filled with information that is just a little different. While most people will talk of comparatives of this driver versus that driver and stuff like that, I think that's usually ba- should be based on an individual tester rather than a website. And because of that, ours are going to be more about the, the technology work as described. And then we tell people that they should try it out. We want to hear from them. That's the God's honest truth. We want to hear from everybody else what it works for them. We'll tell you if it works as described. You tell us if it works for you. And that's kind of the deal we make with our readers. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, honestly, it's, that's appreciated because, I, to your point, I think other sites, and we well, they will remain nameless, you know, certainly go a different route. And they try to throw a ton of data um, in some instances, and maybe they might even have some video that accompanies the, the test review. Um, and obviously you can go on YouTube and there are some very well-known uh, professional golfers that aren't touring pros, but they go out and they test the equipment. They video uh, tape themselves doing it and they post it. But those are professionals. You know, they're not average guys like me and you um, where we go out. We're the main consumers of these equip- these pieces of equipment. And we only have our two hands hopefully a nice day in a driving range that we can go out and test these things. If even that most of the time these test reviews, uh, or at least the testing environments are up against a screen, uh, in a golf galaxy. Well, I guess those aren't around anymore. Are they? <laughs> golf but, galaxy still is. Oh, okay. There's a few, uh, certainly not in my area. They've all kind of, uh, vanished, but I guess where I'm going with that, Josh is, you know, I've noticed in many of your reviews and they are a little bit longer than some of the other sites. Uh, but you don't have a ton of TrackMan data, for example. You don't have a ton of, you know, ball spin data or any of that. There's there's some talk of that in your reviews, but it seems like you guys focus more on that that personal touch, the the feel and the performance that you see with your two eyeballs. Is that true? Yeah, I think it is in in a lot of respects. It does not mean, however, that it's not tested on that. Our writers uh, actually will be soon armed with new launch monitors. They each have launch monitors now, but they'll each be armed with uh, Foresight launch monitors, and we travel with another Foresight monitor on our tour van. So it is used in our reviews, but I personally find that spitting out data, and, and it's not a knock on places that do it. If they if that's what they like to read, that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as relevant to actual club testing as people believe. That's that's true, and I would agree with that. I mean, I think, uh, well, depend, we're, we're recording this on uh, on a Wednesday, and in the previous episode on this this podcast, I spoke with a, uh, a teaching professional that lives in uh, and really promotes the usage of technology such as TrackMan and other ball launch monitors to help people improve. Um, but still, a lot of these companies do say that their equipment will help you become a bigger, uh, a better golfer. Uh, maybe not overtly, but certainly they imply that this product is going to be better than the last one re-released. And, you know, Josh, how do you guys over at THP deal with or at least manage and balance the 
rapidly increasing release cycles for some of the brands. I mean, it seems like it's there's just so much for the the normal golfer to kind of uh, digest. Honestly, I love it. Really? Yeah, and here's why. If I go to the grocery store and I'm going to down the bread aisle, I don't get upset if there's another choice of bread. Hmm. Even though that company is going to tell me their new bread tastes better. With golf equipment, for the consumer, now strictly for the consumer, the person going into the store and buying it, more releases is a better thing because it drives the cost down of the previous release, it gives them more choices, and it brings more competition to better the products. Now, from a writer's perspective, it can be a lot of work. But from a pure consumer perspective, the only negative somebody can actually come to think of is resale value. And if you're buying golf clubs for resale value in mind, you're making a mistake anyway. That I agree with as well. <laughs> yeah, that's there's just really not a whole lot there uh, in terms of the resale. But they're kind of like cars, aren't they? I mean, isn't the whole adage that as soon as you drive a car off the lot, it just pummels uh, and uh, or plummets rather is the word I'm looking for in in value? I mean, it's it's pretty yeah. Much- I think I think that's it. But I, you know what's funny is people will get mad at a. A tailor made a Titleist to Callaway, somebody putting out a another set, but nobody is screaming at Ford for making their third sedan. That that's a good point. And that, that that's a good analogy to pull because I mean I'll admit I've been one of the guys that have, have been yelling and that quit releasing so many damn golf clubs because I look at it from from the uh, the pro shop standpoint of just excessive inventory, but to your point, it just provides additional choice for the consumer. Correct. Now from that perspective there is a there could be a perceived negative from the store owner perspective. The flip side of that is the store is not forced to buy a ton of inventory. Mm-hmm. They're doing so to get further discounts or doing so because they think the uh, perceived demand is there. So I think that it's a little bit of both. Um, I just don't have a struggle with as much as everybody else. Now I'll go a, a step further. Maybe this is too far deep into the business, but most companies that release products frequently are doing so also to hit separate price points. Not everything is going to be a Lexus. That company also has to put out a Toyota Camry and further down the line. And the same thing is happening. And I'll, I'll take it one step further and relate it back to golf because I'm sure everybody's following along with this nonsense at this point. <laughs> Nobody is mad that a Kushnet releases 10 golf balls. Hmm. They have a golf ball in every single price point starting at, I think, like $14.99 at one of the Pinnacle models. Nobody is mad that Odyssey releases or Scotty Cameron releases 20 different putter models. But for some reason, that driver angers people so much. And I can't quite figure out why. Well... There's there's two sides to that, and I and I feel that first of all, it's an extremely good point. I mean, you go into any store, whatever the name of that store is, and you'll see just an array of different putters, for example, many of from the, from the same brand, different styles, lengths, head shapes, whatever. Uh, but to your point with the driver, I mean, it's all it's the glamour club, I'd have to say, right? I mean, everyone wants to get out there. The majority of people want to go out there and hit the ball a mile. They, they, you know, like to brag to their friends and then they get on an actual ball launch monitor and realize they're not hitting as far as they thought they were. But do you think that a little bit of that is, I don't know, is ego the right word to kind of go out and, and outplay your friends with that one I think club? so. And I think ego is always viewed as a negative connotation and this part is probably not meant this way. 
It's more of like self-pride. Mm. And I think that the golf companies have created some of this with the marketing of longer, 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 and then they're not seeing it. So therefore, the golf companies are bad. And just like the car companies, if you actually measured your miles per gallon versus what they say you're going to get, we'd be getting great miles per gallon way more than, you know, because it's changed every single year. But, you know, I, I think that the negative... For some reason, when a golf company releases a new driver, as a golfer, and I'm as guilty as anybody with this, your driver immediately stops working. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> I, I have. <laughs> you know, you're playing uh, a Callaway Great Big Bertha, and all of a sudden the Epic comes out. Well, my Big Bertha is is terrible. Right. And as golfers, I don't know if it's because we're insecure or what it is, we have to have it. And that's not really the golf company's fault, because when the the... True story, when the cycle started increasing from every two years, well, originally it was every three years. Everybody seems to think two years is the norm, but you know, going way back, it was even less than that. And then it went to 18 months, and now for some companies, it's a year. It wasn't really about getting a golfer to change every time. It was that most golfers change drivers every 18 months to two years, so let's have a product for every single person that's kind of new when their time to change comes up. Whereas irons were most golfers change every three years, and that's increasing a little bit since then. But um, it is an interesting phenomenon as us golfers that, man, a new driver comes out, I have to have it. And if I don't buy it, I have to at least go test it. Right. It's the fear of missing out. Right. You know, Josh, uh, speaking of equipment, and then I want to dive into a little bit more about the media side of things. But this week, I would be remiss to not at least mention this week and last two weeks two very expensive uh sets of wedges have have hit and hit the uh the market or at least are about to one produced by titleist uh in uh partnership with an, an individual a master club fitter and then of course our friends over at pxg have just released a new line of precision milled wedges that retail for about $650 each they start at $650 each obviously those two brands They've not been quiet over who they're catering to, who their target audience is. But Josh, do you think that's good for the game to have such, uh, to use a word that you used earlier, the Lexus is like that? Um, I don't know. Time's going to tell. And I've been pretty vocal in the fact that I don't think there's a problem with high-priced clubs. I do think there's a problem with with the way some high-priced clubs are marketed. Mm. But again, it goes back to choices. As someone who's tested the PXG clubs a bit, not these wedges, so I can't speak to them, they weren't for me. It doesn't mean they're not for somebody else, but golf's always been a game of social credit, and we can pretend we chase performance and everything else. It's a game of social credit. You want to have pretty clubs, you know, whether that's the most expensive or cheapest, but here's an interesting one, and I'm going to flip it on you. The phenomenon for the most expensive clubs, because clearly... There was restraints put on companies before to hit a price point, which isn't really true. Hmm. So now they take the restraints off and we can price them at whatever we want, uh, means quality. Why is it that the single most used piece of equipment is so underthought that as long as it's cheap, I'll buy it? And that's the golf ball. We will, as a golfer, we will spend hundreds of dollars on a shaft, hundreds of dollars on clubs, thousands of dollars on clubs even to chase out five more yards of distance. But the golf ball, man, I'm looking for a bargain. And Costco proved that this year that's exactly what was happening. 
It's an extremely good point. And we see many brands going down that path of just cheaper, less expensive. And you have to start questioning if quality becomes an issue. But from what we've seen so far, Costco is an example of this to an extent. Quality doesn't necessarily have to be compromised in order to get an inexpensive golf ball in your hands. But it's a great point. I mean, why, why do we care so much about that? Is it because we lose those? More often, we're not going to lose our driver unless we get you know pissed off and throw it in a lake. I, I think that that's part of it. I also think that um, buying expensive equipment is cool. Finding a deal on a golf ball is cool. Because here's the flip side. If Costco had the K-Signature driver right next to it, no matter what any test online showed saying they were equal, nobody would buy it. No serious golfer would buy it. They just wouldn't. And that's because of the name. That's because correct. You, yeah, you're not. You don't have the. Uh, you don't have a Callaway head cover. And, and, you know, you've got the uh, the K Sig adjustable driver. That yeah, I get your point. Correct, and, and that that's where it comes from. Because otherwise, you'd see a lot of brands competing for the for their driver spot in the bag. Now, I'm I'm a firm believer in choosing based on performance. I have every driver that's been out in 2017 in our office. I've tested them all, and I chose the one that worked for me. It may not work for the next person. It definitely worked for me, but um, the golf ball is so overlooked in that aspect that we're going for the bargain, or but we're willing to go all out to get a couple of extra yards distance without even thinking that the golf ball could probably do that and then some. Interesting thoughts to ponder, folks. Definitely, you know, we could. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) That's why we brought him on the show. You know, Josh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we can definitely talk about equipment forever, and you and I have talked a lot about equipment over email (laughs) and and whatnot. But uh, you know, obviously, I I want to mention a little bit more about the media side of what you do and what I do, and and just what is done in the blogosphere at this point, and certainly in, in internet media. You know, over at THP Media, you do video. You do. You have a great podcast network. I'm an, I'm honored to be part of it, um, and you also have great written content uh, of different lengths. You have long form reviews. You've got some shorter articles. You've got the forum. Where do you feel that golf media in general is headed? Obviously, video, video is the way it's going. It's well, it's headed to um, a different place. Uh, I just came back from Las Vegas. I shouldn't say came back. I came back. I live in Florida. I went to Las Vegas, went to Florida. Now I'm back in Southern California doing some work. The media in general is doing – here's some interesting stats that we learned while in Las Vegas that I didn't know. I didn't know YouTube was the second most search search engine in the world. Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't either. Google's number one. YouTube's number two. That blows my mind. Hmm. Uh, I didn't know that by – 2019, they predict that most consumer goods reviews will be searched through YouTube rather than Google uh, or will be searched for video. I don't think video is the only answer. I think audio is is a big one as well. I think the podcast is just beginning. I think the podcast revolution will hit at some point, kind of like satellite radio did, and the podcast is kind of doing its thing now. I think that the traditional form of review is not really what somebody's looking for anymore. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The first is it takes a long time to test equipment and to test data. And if you're going to wait for the equipment to come out and do all that, by the time you're done, you're in the middle of May, let's say. People have already made their decision on clubs. That That's just the way it is. Then the flip side is the attention span for the consumer is not what it once was, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So my plan is to go with everything. Throw enough stuff out there and hope some of it sticks. That motto. 
Um, we like video. We love audio. And our the podcast network will expand. The video network will expand. Uh, our office is going to be complete with a driver lab, so people will be able to come out and test. But I also, more importantly than all that, while it's our job to educate, I want the reviews from the people because those are the same. I mean, it is called the hacker's paradise. I want to hear from everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've i begun to incorporate video into some segments on my site. And, you know, one of the things, Josh, I, I'd like your take on is, you know, there's a lot of, to the point that you just rose, you know, you've got, you want the regular people, you want the viewpoints of the people that are average like you and me. Um, golf instruction and game improvement are two things that, you know, while we talk a lot about how much is spent on golf clubs, even more should be spent on improving yourself before you even start talking about golf equipment. And on YouTube, at least, there's a lot of attention and a lot of traffic for game improvement, golf lesson type, golf instructor-led videos. Is there any thought about going into that space for you guys? Well, we have a wonderful teaching pro on our site named Freddie Kong. And people can come in and ask him any questions they want. They can submit videos and he'll diagnose everything. It's completely free. I think that there's a chance we go into that. I think there's some people online who do a tremendous job at it, including Freddie. Um, my take on it is a little different because I'm not a lessons guy. I should be. I took lessons growing up. I believe in taking lessons. But if you told me right now, maybe you will, maybe for coming on the show, Josh, here's $1,000. You have a choice of a new set of clubs or a 10-lesson package. <laughs> I'm in, taking the clubs. That's in the mail, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the clubs. Really? And I, get, and I get my clubs without, you know, from everybody, and I'm still buying new clubs. And why is that? Is it... Because shiny objects are fun. <laughs> I can't. I can't disagree with you on that. But but wouldn't but you like? There, to... You want a real answer? Yeah, sure. The real answer is is because my life is a lot of traveling, and I can go get a lesson, and it'll click right then and there. But I don't have the time to implement that. The carryover effect onto the course. Correct. I don't have the time for the range like I used to, and maybe that changes down the road. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But shiny objects are cool. And, you know, before we pressed record or you pressed record, we were talking about tech gear. Mm. If you told me I could have a lesson on videography or buy a new video camera, I'm taking the video camera. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> hey, you know, that's a good that's a good argument, actually. I mean, because I'll be honest. I mean, you know, I've been pretty transparent with how I get this show up and running uh, with my listeners. And you know, honestly, I just wanted to try the damn stuff. I didn't want to, you know, read the instruction manual. I didn't want to you know, take a lesson or watch it on YouTube. I just wanted to play with it and see if I can get it figured out. So I can see your point. I can see your point. Shiny things are definitely cool. Here, I'll relate it to a Chicago thing. Okay. You go to Gibson's Steakhouse. <laughs> you have a choice of eating the steak or having the chef tell you how he cooks it. Which one are you going to choose? All right. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I'm, I'm eating that steak. Exactly. Shiny yeah. things are fun, although a shiny steak may not be fun. No, that might be a little, little. Uh, might have to send that back to that chef. And then I want to watch him cook it. Uh, Josh, obviously, we could talk about a ton of things and we're running out of time here. But, you know, this is great. And I, I plan on bringing I plan on asking you to come back many times. It's your choice whether or not you want to come back. on. <laughs> but uh, as always, yeah. uh, is there anything that you want to uh, remind our listeners to check out uh, up and coming? Or should we just be surprised and, vid and visit the hackersparadise.com as often as possible? Uh, this is your show. I'm not here to plug anything, but I am going to put you on the spot right now. You didn't know this was coming. Oh, boy. Uh, in a few weeks, I will be in Chicago. 
and we are doing a thing with Budget Golf at Top Golf where we have 18 THPers coming out for kind of a nice little celebration night on us. We're you know us and Budget Golf. We're gonna put everything up. I think you and I should host a live video session from that Top Golf. You know, I think that's a fantastic idea. Two of my favorite Chicago based, well, one of my favorite Chicago based brands in Budget Golf, and then of course. Uh, Top Golf is fantastic. You know, Josh, you got yourself a deal. I'll, I'll be Sounds out there, good. and we'll make that happen. So, listeners, uh, be sure to visit my site. Be sure to visit Josh's site. I'm sure that video is going to be all over the place. We so, will have the video feed simulcasted on both your site and our site, and probably social media, so people can stare at two faces made for radio and <laughs> listen to us talk about golf. Hide your kids. <laughs> all right, Josh. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. We'll be sure to have you back on soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Adam.